0: Past Ball Show, brought to you by JohnPLE.com.
1: What the f you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f- f- Put that in. I don't f- So the tribe drops its third this district, six to one to the Rangers, For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit.
0: ever put out in the 100 years of the present time. Sell the team. This show MTR radio network. I'm here with former major league pitcher Kip Gross. Kip, what's going on, buddy? I'm not
2: just kidding.
0: He's
2: paying what the kids
0: do. That's awesome, man. Now, 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 now you're not, uh, you know, you're Oh, yeah, so that was our interview with Kip Gross, former Major League pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, Los Angeles Dodgers, and obviously a couple other teams. Hope you guys enjoyed that spot. Once again, John Pialy, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. We're going to take our first break of the second hour. We'll be back with a lot more stuff going on after this.
1: What's up, everybody? This is James Flippin. And Joey Baboots. We host the morning show together, and every morning we start up our cars and make the drive up to the studio. And, you know, we always see one or two accidents along the way, and we wanted to make sure our listeners know where to go for the best in car care in South Jersey. That's right, James. Red Rose Body Shop. That's Red Rose Body Shop. Specializes in collision and framework. They're the best in South Jersey for paint and body work, unibody framework, free towing, and free estimates. So call today. 609 609- 927-9454 and check out their website www.redroseautobody.com follow them on Facebook and Twitter Red Rose Body Shop 2033 Ocean Heights Avenue Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey 609-927-9454
0: Red Rose Body Shop is South Jersey's collision
1: specialist 609-927-9454 or com. Been in an accident? Take your car to the professionals at Red Rose Body Shop. MTR Radio is already your home for the best sports talk in New York and Philly. Coming soon, the next sleep in the evolution of Internet Radio will have you tuning in all day, every day. Close out your workday with Sean Bretherick and Dan Feuerstein from 3 to 5 p.m. Then when your teams are done for the day... David Dobin will be there to recap all the action from 10 to midnight. It all starts Monday, May 6th, on MTR Radio, America's radio station. You're listening to MTR Radio.
2: in we tuning in to jumpy
1: baseball Show at
0: Oh, yeah. Welcome back. John Pieli, Passball Show MTR TR Radio Network. Just a reminder, any of the content, uh, we, this is an interactive program, so just feel free to tweet at me, at John underscore Pieli. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Kip Gross and, of course, in the first hour with Brad Comments. I'm going to play right now an interview I did this past week with former uh, Mets infielder Marlon Anderson. Marlon also played for the Phillies, the Cardinals, uh, the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Washington Nationals over his career. So uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Once again, uh, listen up. Hey, good afternoon. It's John P.L.A. I'm here with former Major League infielder, outfielder, Marlon Anderson. What's going on, Marlon?
1: man well, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, Doing very good, man. Very good, man. Thanks for having a couple minutes. Um, you know, I want to I want to touch on a little things, but first, uh, you know, congrats on uh, you know you know doing a little work with uh, with with, with uh, MLB now. Yeah, doing a little work with MLB.com, Uh
1: analyst. is just run the camera kind of on that side of the business. little bit different it, but I also try to, to kind of learn a lot of new things.
0: No, absolutely man, and I'm sure you you you're able to bring a lot of insight, you know, as a as a former player to kind of just uh, you know, involve yourself with the stuff going on in there. So I think it's saying, uh, you know, I think it's a great thing. No,
1: definitely Keeps me around baseball, keeps me around the game that I love so much and actually it's fine for me I get to travel a little bit more now and get to be around the ball I'm clear. players
0: yeah, very true, man. Now as uh, you know, obviously you, you came into the game with the Philadelphia Phillies as kind of a regular second baseman from uh, 1999, you know, 2001, 2002. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your breaking into the big leagues and being a regular player for the Phillies. Uh, for, yeah, I mean, of course, it's a great experience. You not be able to play for any major league team,
1: but, you so, know, coming up in the Philly's organization, being called up, being able to play second base every day in the big leagues, you know, in a city like really, which you need to sometimes, but again, you know, I helped the Bush back then, uh, the Astros, and I almost Yeah. So that changed the game a little bit, but it was fun, you know, I had a a lot of great guys around me Uh, teaching me to get, just kind of teaching me how to work, you know, how to be focused, and, you know, it was was fun for me being able to go out there every day, and you know, you're in second base, and and you're in the middle of an you're around everything that's going on, you see all the plays that's being put on you, you're right in the middle of that, and for for me, that was probably the best part of playing second base uh, in
0: no, very true. Once again, it's John Pielli. I'm here with Marlon Anderson. Now, uh, you know, as you, as you move forward, you you know, you leave the Phillies. I think you go to Tampa Bay for a little while, St. Louis, and then with the Mets. Tell us a little bit about the transition you made from being an everyday second baseman to a, uh, you know, a utility-type player. Uh, when,
1: I, when I went to, that started, the thing, I went to St. Louis, and you know, uh, I don't yeah, I think one of the best managers ever in baseball, you know, he, he's a guy that put that on my resume for me, you know, with Tony, you know, somebody gets hurt in left field, you know, he threw me out of left field, I played left field for two weeks, you know, he got hurt at second base, and he threw at second base and played second for two weeks, so he's the kind of guy that, you know, he puts me in, in situations but also took chances to playing positions that you've never played before, and I mean, he was probably the reason that I extended it long as because he, he showed me and showed other people that I was also enough to play other different positions, and also a
0: legitimate lot. No, very true, man. And obviously, you know, you you, you, have to, you definitely thrived in a role. You know, you went from being a regular player, kind of moving, you know, to the, to, to different positions, and you seemed to be able to uh, maintain yourself no matter where you were playing on the field
1: uh my biggest growth for me was coming to reality that and of go I'm training, kinda of figured out and kinda of think I put my ego to the side The fact that I wasn't gonna be able to play certain so, and, and, and after kind of realizing that that, it's just taking the attitude and taking the uh, approach that I wanted to try to help my team win in, in any way I could, and you know, playing in different positions, pinch hitting, you know, just giving guys days off they needed Those kind of things are very important to a championship team, and it, it allows me to be able to play on a pretty good teams, and you know, get traded to different, different cities, and you know, play in different situations that otherwise I probably wouldn't have uh, had a chance to get part of.
0: And hey, no question about it. Once again, it's John i I'm here with Marlon Anderson. Two moments obviously stand out. And I'm sure you've been asked this a lot of times about two specific moments in your career. Um, first, talk a little bit about uh, June 11, 2005. Mets against the Angels. You're up there as a pinch hitter against Francisco Rodriguez. You hit the inside the park home run, which ends up tying that game.
1: Oh, really, you know, I, I always remember coming in, and you know, that was a part of taking on that role and understanding my my role as a team. You know, I was I was back a lot, you know, in the eighth, a- ninth inning, shut of man, in shut up, man, in the game at the time, and you well, and uh, right there in New York, you know, come to the park. You know, I'd say I come up, I think it was two outs, and my mindset is always try to, try to get on and still back and get a score position or well, maybe hit a double in the gap or something to something, kind of get a score position for the next guy because it's possible, yeah. And I think not you know got on, I think it was 2-2 two, two count, and he threw his patented curveball, <laughs> and I uh, kind of stayed back on and got him with me something, and I think it was Steve Finley and I feel it's a lot of Yes. And he came over and the hook for the ball was kicked off from the left to his hands. And I was circling the base here and coming around third and waving the third base coach waving me out. And I'm thinking, I you know, hope they're am going to make it. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, I was sliding the home. It was like a know, the big, the heat. that I slid into a home plate and he caught the ball at the same time I was sliding the home plate, and stuck the leg in there. I was safe. But he came around in his mask, hitting me right in the face. So right after scoring that time, me and I go to uh, up to the clubhouse, and uh, come down and get like three stitches in my face because he cut my face with his mask. So by the end of the game, I clipboard had to walk off the so court. Right I was actually in the training room laying on the table, get the stitches in my
0: face. <laughs> nah, wow, man, that's, that's amazing. I tell you, once you saw the ball kick off of Finley's leg, I'm sure you, I'm sure you felt like you really had a chance there, huh?
1: Oh, I definitely had a chance but at the same time I had to run around and touching each stage. To, you know, it's just one of those rarities. The ball had something funny in the way in order to have a chance to do that in baseball. Everybody knows that. And for me, you know, I actually was uh it was a, a, a diving line drive to center field and he he made that dive and he kicked off something and I know I had a chance but that's like I say that's one of those experiences that I'll never forget, but at the same time one of those things that I know that that's happened too often.
0: No, absolutely. And uh, you know, moving into the next thing that doesn't happen very often once again it's John Pielli I'm here with Marlon Anderson now uh, 2006 you're playing for the Dodgers you come up in that spot you hit the fourth consecutive home run you know on consecutive batters off the Padres to tie that game there take us a little bit back till then and talk a little bit about what happened there
1: um, that, that, that was probably you know it's one of the highlights of my career. Uh, I just got traded over to uh, just from the Nationals um, the last month of the season, and I over there And I you know, come in and uh, raise a little tells me, You know, pinch you know, I'm, I'm trying to get you started. start now I'm and then to keep you fresh, pinch hitting, And you know, that's the first conversation I had with him. So you know, I'm going over really expecting us, you know, have the same love I've had you know, for the previous couple of years. Well, something happened that first week, somebody was stomping, one of the outfielders was stomped in. Things were happening, so I ended up going out there. I had a good game, and next thing, no, great he stole me off well, so in, in that game, we're playing the Padres. Uh, it's probably one of the best games I had in my life. Uh, I look back now, I think I was five for five with two home runs, uh, doubles. You know, it's, it's crazy you, know, you look back now and see the four home runs, and knowing the things that happened uh, at home that night. I mean, first first guy steps to the plate, uh, I think, because yeah, Jeff can't get you know, the home run, but then the first two pitches. You know, Katie um, comes up, he sees him in full targets. He's now the Padres changes pitches, they bring in Trevor Hoffman. And everybody knows Trevor's credentials and what he's got in, in, in baseball. And he comes in to close the clean down like he usually does. And you know, Russell Warren jumped on the first pitch and got out of the ballpark. And once again, I'm coming up to my agenda, fixing the floor, and thinking in my head like, oh, I'm going to kill base, nobody's out here, I can steal a back something Danger. and I hit the ball. no you I'm in the gap and I took off around and by the time I touched first base I think goes out of ballpark. And for me it's the most amazing thing and look at the video every you know, the emotion that came across me when I hit the bat. just knowing you had a playoff race, knowing that it means so much for your team, knowing that you come back and get something that's never been done before I mean, it, it's so much so many emotions that going through that time and you know it, it's one of those highlights about the obviously, you know, always be a part of Dodger history because the
0: uh you know, and, you know it, it was so fun for me to play to be able to have mixed games like this, you know, to be able to draw off the bank, kind of look back up. Yeah, no question about it, man. I'm sure it had to be a great moment. Now, you know, as you move forward you spend some time you, two two different occasions with the Mets of course in two thousand five and then again in uh two thousand seven through two thousand nine. Tell us a little about your okay. second st- sec- your second stint with the
1: Mets. Well, oh, he was great, except for the last, the, the last game of both seasons, man. Yeah, no second, no wait. Uh, yeah, it's just a tough time. I mean, it, it, we had a lot of normal, you know, and we just, it, with a lot of pressure and, you played bad for the last two weeks of both seasons there. But, you know, the guys that I played with there, the professionalism, the managers I had there I actually went through management change when they ended up getting with, a, with a Willie and bringing in Jerry Manuel. I think, you know, there were some things that were going on there that for me, it's just a part of baseball, but I think it's on the, on the field, the players, you know, we can all look back now and say we get to step up and get the job done. You know, we're, we're talking one game both years years that the could have won has been in the playoffs before those years. So it, it, it's, you know, it's frustrating I think you look back but at the same time I mean, if you play in New York City, you know, you're you, you playing in front of some of the national past there fans and be able to, for me, to be in New York City and have the success that has fans still to this day to accept me as a family and, you know, accept me for the, the good things I did and, um, just, you know, having a, a career there and having so much fun there. My family loved it. It, 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 just, it, it was a great experience for me being able to be in the, uh, New York City and, have all the
0: baseball and hey, no question about it once again John Pielli here with former major league infielder Marlon Anderson now uh, you know it doesn't end too well for you in 2009 uh, of course Gary Sheffield gets acquired by the Mets you end up being the odd man out um, you, know, you know tell us a little bit about you know the tough time in 2009 and did you you know were you uh, were you trying to get back into the game at this point or were you ready to hang it up after uh, after what happened in, in the beginning of 2009?
1: Oh, I mean I, I definitely went through every afternoon trying to get back in the game and, you know, finish my, my career with you know, with not not let my career end at that point. But at the same time I always, you know, ever since having the to top playing every day and then going to a different role. It's never for me, it was never about my ability to play the game of baseball. It was more of the timing, it was more about getting the Sheffield at the end. Of course, when you take Sheffield at, you know, that that's the simple smart up with a whole lot more people understand that I'm not finished in. Number one, and he's got a uh, way better potential as a baseball player than I have. So I had no problem with that. You know, it's a business move. And I definitely understood that it, it was not personal about how i feel it, but he came it, it just kind of um, one of those. That happened, and you know you try to. It's it tough to try to get over to another team right in the spring training. You know that, that's tough for a utility guy. And you went to the mix and it didn't happen. And you know, of course, you wanted to play more, but you can't. You have to again accept the the real, realization that it's not still over. And you know, for me, again, I kind of think I shut out most of that year. Uh, I think I went to New York to play some independent golf a little bit, home to try to pick up with somebody. For I was only up there for a couple of weeks, and I was like, you know what, it's, it's, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. I think I've had a good career. And I like the extent that everything that I've done, but I wouldn't have chased baseball around for the next two or three years and making terrible podcasts that you know, I've done. I love my career. I, I love things I'm able to do. I things I'm able to be a part of. Yeah, I, I think I had a respectable career for a guy out of a small town. Out of Alabama, for me the answer,
0: and I love good and good Yeah, no question about it. And I tell you, man, you, you know, you know, it's good to see you doing well, and definitely great catching up with you, Marla. And listen, hopefully, we could stay in touch and I can get you on the show sometime in the near future, man.
1: Uh, no no, good,
0: man. Thanks, thanks hey, thanks a lot, man. Definitely great catching up with Marlon Anderson. Marlon, I had a chance to actually meet in my first spring training, being down there before the 2008 season. So, you know, he was there. I got to speak with him a little bit, and uh, glad I was able to get him on the show today. Uh, Marlon, of course, does work now for MLB.com as an analyst, and, you know, I'm hoping to get him on maybe sometime in the near future to kind of discuss a little uh, of conventional baseball. But uh, we're going to take another break. We'll be back with a lot more stuff going on. Passball Show and Radio Network. Back after Sabermetrics, created by computer geeks that think they're better than you. Sabermetrics, all these numbers make them seem smart and you stupid. Sabermetrics, I know more than you. Sabermetrics, seldomly makes baseball points that cannot be proven using conventional
1: stats.
0: I'm Karen Siaska-Zeltman from Italian Hour. When my car needs service, I take it to Jonathan's Complete Car Care. Jonathan's Complete Car Care is the best for auto repairs, tires, diagnostics, and tune-ups. You can depend on Jonathan's for the best service at prices you can afford. Give Jonathan's Complete Car Care a call. 609-601-6460. They work hard to give you the service you need. Jonathan's Complete Car Care works with many vehicles including Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Volvo, Volkswagen, and Audi. Make Jonathan's Complete Car Care the company you keep. 609-601-6460. Call today for a free estimate or visit. Find us on the web at jonathan'scompletecarcare.com and like us on
1: Facebook and find us on Twitter. Listening to MTR Radio, powered by MTRMedia.com.
0: The yeah. Welcome back. John Piele, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. Hope you guys enjoyed the interviews for this past hour. We're going to have a little bit of baseball talk right now, reminding you. You can always uh, send me a tweet, at John underscore Piele. Anything that I talk about you like, disagree with, enjoy, or hate, just uh, feel free to send me a message, and I make sure I reply to every tweet going on here. But once again, a shout-out to uh, Bases Empty Blog, which is a blog I write for every single day. I give you something going on about Major League Baseball history, maybe a little bit of something conventional. Um, We had another anniversary of one of the larger comebacks in MLB history, and that was, of course... Uh, the record is 12 runs, but that was most recently duplicated by the Cleveland Indians against the Seattle Mariners. They, uh, this was 2001, I believe it was August 5th. They trailed 12 nothing in 14-2 to before coming back to win uh, 15-14. to But the Detroit Tigers in uh, 1911 came back from a 13-1 deficit to beat the Philadelphia Athletics in uh, uh, 1911. The only other team that, that did that, this happened in nineteen twenty-five and this is the story that I profiled. Philadelphia athletics trailed fifteen to three going into the eighth inning. And came back to beat the Cleveland Indians. And I think what was really, what really stood out about this was the fact that it was—I'm uh, sorry—it was 15 to four going into the eighth inning, 15 to three after seven. Was the fact that this rally happened so fast. You look at some of the other ones. Yes, it was teams chipping away, inning after inning, getting closer and closer, and eventually uh, tying it up and taking the lead. This was a situation where it was needed—a big inning, a 12-run inning—was imperative. It wasn't one of those things where you could score five runs and maybe try to get a chance in the ninth. You needed to come back with a big rally here, and a 12-run inning was probably one of the more impressive things that ever happened in baseball history as far as comebacks for teams trailing by a significant amount of runs. A little bit of background on the game, Tris Speaker. Uh, was uh, was with, with Cleveland Indians, Al Simmons with Oakland, two Hall of Famers. It was kind of a lack of star power. The Indians scored some runs early against Philadelphia starter Eddie Rommel, and uh, you know eventually it became went from eight to two to twelve to two to, uh, of course, fifteen to three at one point, which was the biggest lead that uh, the the Cleveland Indians had. The Athletics end up coming back. I don't have play-by-play, unfortunately. And if you look really for games past about 1940-something, the play-by-play isn't available for the most part. We're game, uh, Whether it's RetroChic.org, BaseballReference.com, the whole thing. So, uh, you know, fortunate thing. I don't have play-by-play. I can't recap it 100%. But one thing it does kind of relate to. That I uh, I kind of feel a little bit is is the Mets comeback that they had in that game in 2000, July 1st, 2000, Shea Stadium. You hear the game played all the time on uh, you know as far as uh, Mets Mets classics on the Sny Network, the whole thing. And uh, of course, the Mets trailed that game eight to one going into the ninth inning. They have the ten run inning. They end up winning that game, capped off by the Mike Piazza three run homer. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm trusting that something like that kind of had to happen in that Philadelphia-Cleveland game. An amazing 12-run inning when you were trailing 15-4 going into the bottom of the eighth is something that I find absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, as a baseball fan, it really enjoy to come back before, uh, you know, get a chance to to recap it. But, uh, you know, kind of moving forward, I do want to break a little bit of stuff going on with the New York Mets. Um, you heard this past week they agreed to terms with their first-round pick, Dominic Smith, the first baseman. The 18-year-old, he's going to obviously go down probably on a rookie ball. We'll probably see him down in Brooklyn um, if he's not playing for Kingsport this year. Uh, The Mets obviously continue to struggle. I don't think it's any surprise. I think I could put this little bit in any one of my shows and then uh, probably talk about the Mets' struggles. Obviously, the issues that they have is certainly more involved with the offense or lack thereof they continue to struggle. Uh, They get a win every now and then, but it all has to do with their starting pitching. If it isn't for their starting pitching, they gave you absolutely nothing. No chance to to win a game. I mean, they're not going to score more than two, three runs in a game. I've said all along, I've said it a thousand times, that the Mets have to go out there and not do something after this season. They have to start making moves now to upgrade their offense for the future, and I've said this since spring training, since before spring training, that the offense that they put out on the field, the lineup that they run out there every single day. It could be a mixture of whatever players they got now. The bottom line is it just doesn't get the job done. And it's a shame that things like this have to continue to go on, that the Mets could continue to go out there and waste consistent good starting pitching performances, particularly Dylan G's last week against the Atlanta Braves. The guy throws a shutout through eight innings, ends up losing the game on a walk-off home run because the team only scores one freaking run. I mean, it, it, all, I know fans out there want to blame the manager. Uh, you know, listen, I, 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 I've I been probably more apologetic towards managers. Um, I, I honestly don't care either way. You want to keep Terry Collins, you want to get rid of Terry Collins. It doesn't matter to me. It's not going to change the complexion of this team. The people that I want to see held accountable are the damn offensive players that continue to not produce on this team and have proven themselves not to be major leaguers. You got David Wright. You got Daniel Murphy. You got to sprinkle in a little bit every now and then from a. Marlon Bird or a Lucas Duda but after other than that you got nothing and it's a damn joke to see these players continuously getting run out there and fans I'm blaming you the fans because you guys go out there and make excuses for these freaking guys they don't give you shit and you're gonna go there and try to blame the manager Well, you know, the manager can only run the crap that he has out there and put together a lineup based on whatever. He's tried every possible lineup to this point. These guys are not getting the job done. And for Sandy Alderson to continuously leave these guys out there and not make any moves to upgrade this team right now is an absolute insult to the fans. I hold it more on him than I do the freaking manager because managers are dime a dozen. I've said it all along. You could win with a manager. You could lose with a manager. A manager ain't any better than any players that you have on that field. And if you give them crap to work with, you're going to get crap results. And I hope you enjoy really what you're seeing there with the New York Mets. But I'm going to finish up a little bit of Philly talk as we finish up the program. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the whole thing. Phillies have struggled this year. Uh, You know, I've been under 500. I don't want to, you know, uh, they may be a little under, a little over around there. But are hanging in there with the Washington Nationals. And I find it pretty interesting because this is another team similarly to the way I mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays before. A team that they could just put up a little run. They could win an 8 out of 10 or something like that. Could get themselves back in the race. And, yes, I'll admit I was wrong about the Phillies. I thought they would give you a lot more. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out that way. Cliff Lee has been phenomenal. I don't want to talk about trade talk anymore, but the guy deserves to be on the All-Star team. He could probably start the game. He's, he's done a great job. Cole Hamels has pitched better than his 2-10 his and 10 record to this point. He could go out there and give you a couple good games. Kyle Kendrick has pitched well. The bullpen, I think, is good. The unfortunate thing is, listen, the Phillies are suffering a little bit of the same problems as the New York Mets. Uh, They're not getting enough offense. They really, with the injury to Carlos Ruiz, they haven't gotten enough out of the catcher position. Ryan Howard, uh, despite his batting average being a little higher than people think, has struck out way too much. Chase Utley's hurt. Uh, you got some, you know, really haven't had emergence from anybody in the outfield except for Dominic Brown, who will also be an all star. But listen, I think the Phillies got to. You know, just try to play some good baseball. And I tell you, if I'm a Phillies fan, I'm not panicking right now because I do think this is a team that is an 8 out of 10 or a 10 out of 15 uh, away from getting themselves back into this race. And I think uh, the Washington Nationals have thrown them a bone by going out there and not getting the job done themselves. And I think they are the bigger story here because if you look at the Washington Nationals, I don't think anybody would expect them to be under 500 after whatever, you know, 68, 70 games. Uh, David Johnson it, it really got that team to a point where they were very confident coming into this season. Obviously, the Bryce Harper injury hurts them. Uh, Steven Strasburg being injured hurts them. But the bottom line is they, they just have not gotten a job done. Danny Harron has been horrible. I think the bullpen has been maybe not exactly as good as you would have anticipated, though Soriano, Stammen, and Clippard have gotten the job done. Um, offensively, I think this team has struggled at times to score runs. Uh, Danny Espinosa's been out, uh, but prior to that, he was only hitting 158. Uh, I think this is a team that's built to win I think they they have the ability to put it together and that's why I think it's a little more important for the Philadelphia Phillies to go out there and make their run now before it's too late because you're not going to have a chance to sit back and, and say all right well we'll be three games under 500 four games under 500 and the Nationals will continue to be there I do think they have the chance to overtake them but they have to make their their run soon. And, uh, you know, the Nationals, I think, are probably within maybe a within this month. I could see them going on a serious run, maybe winning 12 out of 14 or something like that. Once they get a Bryce Harper back, once Stroudsburg's feeling good and once some of the other guys that have been injured go out there and perform to their capabilities. And I think that at that point you could say the season will be over for the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's up to the Phillies right now. And like I said, to get on their run at this very moment. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning into the program. Great job today. I want to thank uh, Kip Gross, Brad Commons, Marlon Anderson, and, of course, everybody that took the time to listen to the program today. Uh, we'll be back on, obviously, next week, uh, 10 to 12, Saturday morning. Passball show right here on the EMTR Radio Network. Reminded you, when you get a chance, check out JohnPioli.com, my website, where I have every one of my shows, all 85 now with the passball shows, archived on my website as well as every single interview that I've done, uh, that's set up, uh, you know, PBS interview page and a JPP. Show archive page as well as my base is empty blog, which I jump on every week. Uh, you know, usually about six, seven articles every week. A lot of stuff I talk about conventional stuff, stuff that's going on now, stuff that, of course, goes on in a history. and I like to get in a time machine, jump back there, and start thinking about stuff that happened, you know, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. That's all stuff that fascinates me, stuff that I love. I love being part of, and I certainly do enjoy uh, JohnPielli.com and everything that I've been able to put together for it. Uh, I also do want to thank everybody that's taken a chance to view it. Uh, the website's doing very well. There's a lot of people, if it's not you directly, um, you know, there are a lot of people that are jumping on the website, checking out, throwing feedbacks, whether it's commenting on my blog articles, whether it's shooting me tweets, whether it's shooting me emails, and anything you could do. All that information's there, and you could certainly get your voice heard on anything that I've said or talked about. So thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll be with you.